Hey everyone and welcome to the Phileas Club. In this episode we talk about Brexit again with new developments and interesting information and of course if you enjoy this show remember you can support it on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. The link is in the show notes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phileas Club, the show where we talk to people from different countries and different cultures from, that have different opinions. And we usually talk about every month about the, the news, the things that have been happening in the world. But what we do every other episode, usually, is we, we do a special and we talk about one specific topic. This is the second episode of a targeted focused series about Brexit. Um, my name is Patrick Beja, and for the second episode, I'm very happy to be welcoming the same band of joyous, uh, almost Brits, uh, <laughs> that uh, accompanied Oi. us for the... Yes, that's why I said almost um, for the, the first episode. So we have representatives of the United uh, Kingdom and Bart. <laughs> <laughs> and the the Irish uh person who's the closest related cousin to the other uh uh present here uh, which I'm going to welcome first to the show Bart the Irish representative how are you doing I am doing absolutely fine and it's it's cold and chilly but I got out from my walk I'm all refreshed all bubbly eyed ready to talk Brexit <laughs> well, I'm sure the other two are going to be just as pithy. Bruce, uh, who is joining us from the land of the Scots, how is it going? It's going okay, thanks, Patrick. Oh, Monday the, the lower <laughs> tone of voice says it all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the actual Brit, um, the original, the, the holder of the flame of Albion. Is that a thing? Probably not. Gareth, how's Probably. it going, Gareth? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very good this morning. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, you have tea, so... I have tea. You are happy. Um, just a quick reminder. Um, Gareth is the one that is uh, helping us not be completely irrelevant by actually being the person who is uh, for Brexit, whereas the other... Well, I guess Bruce is against it. Bart, in my opinion don't really matter all that much. Uh, Bart probably, Bart's probably does matter a little bit more since, you know, Ireland and Northern Ireland and all that, right? Yeah, my opinion is anti-chaos. I don't really care which way you go on Brexit. Just don't do it chaotically. Well, that's that's uh, actually... <laughs> Too late uh, for that. Exactly. <laughs> I know, but could we stop, maybe? I think I think this is the, the, the point of the episode where we go previously on the Brexit saga. And uh, last episode, we were all uh, basically at that point where it was like, honestly, no one cares what's happening anymore. Just make a decision and stick to it and just just stop the insane uh, uncertainty. And it's not even about changing opinions all the time. It's that no one knows what's happening. And uh, I'll, I'll... I haven't been following super closely because I was traveling and there was a lot of stuff happening in my life. Um, and honestly, it all sounds like background noise at this point, what's happening in the UK. But my understanding is that um, Boris Johnson managed to negotiate a slightly different deal, which didn't change much, but that he could sell as something new and different that would should be voted on um, and that didn't fix any of the big issues that uh, were holding up the, the uh, deal before. But of course, you know, uh, him being in the position that he is in, he was like, all right, this is my plan. It's cool. It works. And of course, uh, it didn't pass parliament and there was an extension of a few more months and uh, so we're still back where we uh, were you know for the past <laughs> couple of years um, who is there one person amongst you who is Patrick, brave you oh, left yeah. out something vital mm -hmm. 
followed by a general election being announced in Britain. Oh, well, see, there, there you go. That I didn't mm -hmm. realize. I, I hadn't even heard that. So is there one of you who, who wants to be the courageous, brave uh, hero of this episode and summarize what happened in the last month? Because for those who don't know, Brexit was the last date where it was supposed to happen was about 10 days ago, uh, end of October. Obviously, it didn't happen. And so Patrick, I'll a half volunteer. I'll volunteer to talk about the Irish bit and I'll leave my colleagues <laughs> from the other side of the pond to talk about the, the, what's going on inside the UK itself. So let's let's start with the UK itself, if you don't if you don't mind. Sure. Um, Bruce or Gareth, you are the only two remaining choices. Uh, okay. okay. Gareth, I don't know if you, yeah, you start. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think obviously it's 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 more detailed and more complicated. But I think the the upside yeah. is essentially what you've just said, Patrick. Is um, Boris said he wasn't going to ask for an extension. Uh, Parliament voted and and said that he had to, and it would be illegal if he didn't. So he did. Um, he said he would rather be dead in a ditch than than have the extension. He's not dead in the ditch. Um, <laughs> So he also we also had another vote, uh, a parliamentary vote. Um, as you say, it didn't go through, and kind of I think as a result of that, we the, there was kind of the realization that because nobody in Parliament has a majority at the moment, it's going to be really difficult to get any kind of vote through. So the idea is that we need to have a general election. Um, we'll do that two weeks before Christmas because. Can't think of a better time to do that. Um, and <laughs> no, it's and good. The, it's good. It keeps it keeps this uh, series going. You know that uh, is. I, yeah. I was thinking maybe we don't need to do episodes every month, but uh, yeah, uh -huh. that 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 definitely changes that. Well, the uh, yeah, the, the election is slated for the twelfth, so we, we need to give it a, a month and a week maybe, and uh, and see where we're at. Um, so so yeah, so we're going to have a, a general election. Um, I don't think realistically anybody knows who they should vote for because mm -hmm. none of the parties seem to be particularly clear about exactly what they're doing. Most of them are concentrating on their position over Brexit or their lack of position over Brexit. Uh, nobody really seems to be saying what they want to do as a government once Brexit is done, if it ever is. Uh, so it's really, really confusing. Um, nobody really knows who, who they should be voting for. We don't seem to have enough independent candidates, which is I, what I personally feel that that we need more of in the UK. Um, well, let's you know, we'll we'll go into uh, oh, on, what Patrick, everyone I have a thinks. Question. So, my understanding of what happened in Parliament just before the election was called was that the Parliament sort of half agreed with Boris's deal, but said not now. Is that yes. so? They got to the second yeah. stage vote, but didn't get it passed, and then they said we'll do it later. And Boris said, "No, you won't. We're having an election or something like that." <laughs> I'm not sure on that bit, honestly. Bruce, Bruce, you seem to have an uh, opinion on that. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember now because the twists and turns. Uh, they did agree uh, that they did agree with the deal, but they said that uh, they didn't agree with his timeline. Uh, in that they wanted an extension, and that they wanted, there was a possibility that they might vote for a for another. Uh, vote another referendum so what they did was um, that that basically made it so that Boris couldn't force it through before the 31st of October so he then had to come back and say you know, that yeah. that's from what I remember now uh, and, it, and of it course it was confused. It was, you know, about two weeks ago, which so much has happened since then that that was yeah. a lifetime ago and no one remembers it. Right. Um, but the thing is, yeah. for the first time, the parliament actually did agree to a version of a deal. Yeah. So that at least is progress. The, the, let, can we go back to that deal very quickly that was agreed in that... Um, I don't know if we discussed it on the last show, I forget, um, but we spoke about this deal. And what the deal basically is, is Theresa May's deal uh, with uh, Northern Ireland pretty much chucked out of the EU, um, but chucked out of the UK, which the DUP didn't like very much. Is that correct? Um, no. But I remember. <laughs> okay, let's get to the Irish <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so That's the bit I have volunteered to try explain. Yeah. And okay, yeah. Perfect. Okay, I'll, I'll leave that I'll leave that to you, but um, 
Where were we? So, so yeah, he's called the general election, and uh, that's on. That's on. Yeah. So, just before we get oh. to Bart, uh, when? How long is the extension now? Is it's it the end of end of January? Yeah. End it's of a flex extension. Oh no, okay. it's, it's it's a, it's a three month flex extension. So there's three exit ramps. There's the first exit ramp is ter- is the 31st of December. Sorry, the 31st of November. Then there's one on the 31st of December, and then the 31st of January is the end of the flex extension. So in theory, in theory, it can't happen because of the general election. But in theory, the UK could leave uh, at the end of this month, or they could try again at the end of December. And uh, th- at the moment, the actual exit date is the end of January. Okay. I was, I was just going to say, who in their right mind would try and do that, at, like in the middle of of the new year? <laughs> who in their right mind ends up in a situation like hey, this in the first place? I suppose I, so. I'm not sure. Right minds is the standard <laughs> you want to set for this discussion, but uh, Bart, tell us about the Irish bit, which, of course, as people know, is the. I, I guess it's fair to say the key. Uh, problem that has locked this whole affair for the past several months or year uh, or so but uh, yeah go ahead with the with the irish bit bart yeah so the root of the problem like you say is what to do with the border between the republic of ireland and northern ireland and remember that all, it's something we forgot to say we said it in the post show last time and then we all kicked ourselves for saying it after we'd finished recording but all of this shenanigans that killed Theresa May's entire government and all of this shenanigans has now put Boris back in a general election. It's all about negotiating the withdrawal agreement, which is literally step one of a two step process. And step two is a much bigger step than step one. Step one is get out. Step two is negotiate a permanent relationship. Uh, so what will happen going forward when the UK is not a member of the EU? Will there be some sort of trade deal? I mean, that's the huge you know, will will the UK be Norway? Will the UK be Switzerland? Will the UK be some whole new thing? That's massive. And that hasn't even started yet because they can't agree on how to leave. Like we're just at the dividing our stuff bit now. Mm. And the thing that was derailing it all was that border in Northern Ireland. Now what the Irish government want and what the EU want and also what is kind of required by the Good Friday Agreement is that that border remain transparent, that you can continue to freely move over and back across that border. And that means you can't really have Northern Ireland not be aligned customs-wise with the EU, because then you'd have to have checks. So it's sort of the tail that wags the dog. And the the problem was the original agreement was a so-called backstop, that if phase two went horribly wrong, the default position is that Northern Ireland stays in the EU. So that's what the backstop was. It was just, if you can't do step two, then the default becomes that Northern Ireland stays. And that's not acceptable to the unionists who don't like this idea that they're now completely held hostage to succeeding in doing the more difficult thing when we can't even do the easy thing. And if I was a unionist, I could see their point. So Boris's solution is Schrodinger's cat of Northern Ireland. (laughs) Officially, the Northern Ireland will be both inside and simultaneously outside of the UK. It will be in the EU customs area and in the UK customs area. And there will be sort of a hypothetical border in the Irish Sea, but don't worry, it's not a real one, it's just a little bit of paperwork. And there'll be a hypothetical border as well between Ireland and Northern Ireland, but don't worry, it's not a real one, it's just some paperwork. And if you're an Irish person sending stuff to the north or a Northern Irish person sending stuff to the south, you just say, you fill in some paperwork, and it's magically, this transaction's an EU transaction, and if you're not, then it's magically a UK transaction. And so you have your cake and you eat it, and actually what you have is mass confusion, no one understands what's going on, but it's a wonderful Brussels-esque fudge. It's a kind of but, fudge that's Belgium alive. It's- so how, how does it fix the issues that Brexit is trying to address, or the perceived issues of immigration dependent you know the the imports of you know control over your own is it just like okay we'll have this little bit which might be a little bit quote-unquote dangerous because people might get in this is still part of it's still a bridge but it mostly fixes everything else and there's no giant access to the uk via you know the the channel um it's not clear it's it's completely not clear um 
And the, remember, the deal was negotiated at the absolute last minute and Boris tried to drive it through Parliament just before the 31st, which is why Parliament were like, yeah, OK, this is a deal. We're not saying no to this deal, but we're so mm. saying no to doing it straight away because none of us have figured out the implications. The Ulster Unionists are deeply disturbed by the concept of there being any sort of division in the Irish Sea. Right? The, the concept mm. of being in the EU or sorry, in the UK, but different, that is fundamentally unacceptable to a unionist. The whole concept of unionism is that you want to stay in the United Kingdom. So being separate but equal or being different is not compatible with unionism, which is why the unionists do not support this new Boris deal. So they managed to vote to get it voted through anyway, though. So they got labor pieces. From, okay. All right. Um, I, I'm going to turn to, I guess we're going to go to um, <laughs> every member of the panel now and, and ask what you think. Uh, starting with Gareth, because the point of Brexit is that you close the borders and you have control over what happens within the UK, right? But with this weird, magical land of Northern Ireland being still that bridge, essentially what, what I was saying earlier, um, it, it, peop, in theory, people could still come through Northern Ireland, I guess, right? Yeah, so I mean, I guess my logic from the from the onset was was that I want something that's sensible and that works. Uh, and also, you know, we had that that brilliant conversation where we talked about the the, the talking monkey. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, for those uh, who don't I, remember, for those who don't remember, the the whole issue of Ireland was that uh, it was asking for something that couldn't be done, and the the problem was. Um, <clears throat> oh God, brain fart! I can't remember his name. Cameron David Cameron was like. Uh, pr proposing something, putting a vote to the British people, uh, and one of the choices was something that couldn't be achieved. Um, so there was this disconnect there and the fault relying on him for saying, well, if you want this, you can vote on it. And what we were realizing, mostly thanks to Gareth, um, Gareth's complaints, was that if it wasn't possible, you shouldn't have put it forth in a vote to begin with. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, so that was yes. the talking monkey. Do you want this or do you want a talking monkey? People chose a talking monkey and now we're like, uh, okay, bad news, guys. We don't have a talking monkey. So what you're saying is, since it's a talking monkey, then we need something else because the talking monkeys don't exist. So this might be a good alternative. And this might be the alternative, yeah. I mean, it, it, it gives us... I think it gives the the majority, you know, the UK mainland, it gives us more control over borders. And I don't necessarily... I'm not on the right wing of the of the idea of Brexit here, so I, it's not a concern about free movement necessarily. Mm. Um, but I do feel that if the only border that we're not more closely policing is the one with Northern Ireland, that is a significantly smaller border. Um, and presumably there would be checks. Um, I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure whether you need to use a passport to get from the UK to Northern Ireland. I've, I've never actually visited Ireland, which is a, which is a shame. You have um, to show ID to get on a plane, right? So uh, the, the, there's definitely always been ID checks anyway, because you can't just get on an airplane without showing some sort of photo ID. I, I mean, I know they accept that you don't need a passport, but you do need photo ID, like your driver's license. Um, so there's something the, there. Well, yeah. the reason why you need why you don't need the ID or the passport is because we're part of the EU, part of the free movement of people. Now, if we leave the EU, then we will need a passport and possibly a visa, although that's been written off by now. So it kind of puts a situation where you've got Northern Ireland needing, they're going to have borders on both sides. There's there's, there's no ways about it. So, um, yeah, sorry, carry on, uh, Gareth. Uh, no, so, I mean, that was kind of where, where I was getting to, really. So th there's still going to be significant controls on movements from Ireland stroke Northern Ireland to the UK mainland. Um, but it's not like those aren't there in some way, shape or form currently. So, you know, it might be tighter. It might be that you need a passport and you can't travel on your driving license if, if that's if that's what works currently. Um, but I, I think it might be the talking monkey. You know, it, mm. it might be the, 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 the solution that's not there. And I get that it's not going to be ideal. I get that there's going to be that there's going to be sides there that that are not happy with it, whichever way it goes. But you can live but, with it. Well, Essentially, it addresses a lot of parts. 
I'm 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 a bit sorry. I I want to hold Gareth up on that. Is that the the border between Northern Ireland and Ireland at the moment is? And Bart can correct me on this. It's pretty much non-existent. It's just it's a, invisible. It, it's invisible. Yeah. You you can you can drive through backwards and forwards, no problem, all day, every day. But if if there's a border with the EU, that changes. You're going to need to have border checks, even well, under this. Uh, well, no, that's well, no. what's not going to change here, right? So what's what's changing here is that. Northern Ireland is both in and out, so you don't have that border check. The only thing you have is some paperwork if you're bringing goods across. So it's a purely customs thing. And what you need the paperwork to do is to say that the two people in this transaction are both either Northern Irish or Irish, and therefore the border doesn't count. So, uh, so that's what you need. And the, the, just, just the, the reason that border in the Irish Sea is so much more workable is that you have to get on a plane or a boat whereas the border physically on the land of Ireland is not like that. Yeah, and that's my understanding as well, which is why, you know, from, from my standpoint, uh, you know, and I'm a little bit ignorant to the to the politics of Ireland and Northern Ireland, you know, I'll be completely honest, but that that's my understanding is that the border, the land border there will remain completely open and transparent. It will be incumbent on the person that's moving goods to declare them, which isn't great, but it's also not necessarily the end of the world um, so it addresses be- it addresses a huge amount of your issues and this one might not you know make the cut but you can live with it yeah it's yeah we, we have it, to it's we f- obviously needs to be some kind of um compromise made and this seems like one that would that is a good one <laughs> I, I i don't i just don't see how that'll work in practice because you are going to have to have some checks to stop. People are going to people are going to take advantage of that and move illegal goods through the border, and um, whether they've got the papers or not, because who's going to check the papers? Who's going to know if you if I've got in my car uh, ten pounds of contraband, whatever that is, um, and I have no papers and I declare it nowhere, and then I then put that into another car. The, who's somebody who's a member of the EU uh, of the UK, and then I take a ferry across or, or whatever to the um, to the to the rest of the UK. In essence, there's been no border checks at all. I think that's the, the ferry is where they get you, right? So the ferry is where they get you, not the physical land border in Northern Ireland. Hence, it's solving the problem. Yeah. So that so there might be some illegal trade and movement of goods into Northern Ireland or out of Northern Ireland, but essentially, you're not going to be able to do that in bulk i think yeah i think it's it's fair to say there will there can be and there probably will be some uh uh, abuses to the system but it's still going to be a more controlled system than um current than the one that currently exists and Um, you have random checks right so it's already started to ramp up i've already seen more checkpoints from the irish customs agents and stuff randomly setting up and and stopping trucks looking for paperwork and stuff i mean we've already recruited a massive amount of new customs officers it's Mm. not going to be that you have to stop and queue and show papers and cross the border but it absolutely will be the case that just like there's a speed trap every now and then there will be randomly moving enforcement on both sides of that border where Her Majesty's Customs Service and the Republic of Ireland's Customs Service will have random checkpoints stopping lorries. So, so in essence, it isn't a talking monkey because it implements some light version of a uh, division between, well, I guess both Northern Ireland and Ireland and Northern Ireland and the UK. There is going to be... Uh, customs to go through now if you're uh, an irish or northern irish citizen then you should be it should be much easier for you to go through but it implements some kind of a border um right but there very won't light be border physical, but right still... so no, no it won't be physically visible so this whole idea that it'll be invisible remains true so you as a human being traveling across that line on a map will see nothing right there's not going to be a post there's not going to be a man in a uniform it will remain invisible but you, as a lorry driver, know that anywhere within you know twenty or thirty miles of that imaginary line, you could be stopped at any moment and asked to show a piece of paper. Mm. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's not. I don't think it is what people, and that's why the unionists didn't vote for it because it doesn't satisfy the original requirements that were promised. I think, but it's still something that seems workable. Um, 
I, I want to ask about the, the election as well in a second. But before we do that, I also um, want to ask Bruce what you think of that deal. Uh, you seem to be grumbling a little bit. Uh, yeah, I... I... I don't believe it's workable. I, I don't think it's Why not? actually. Why not? It seems, the way Bart and Gareth and me describe it seem, you know, like it would be feasible. I think the people of Northern Ireland would, would, I don't know. Um, to, <laughs> Night of the day to, is, is to have a. To, it's this Monday morning also, so I'm trying to get my head around. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are I you just sure don't... this isn't just you being? Frustrated that Brexit might be going through because this deal is might be voted on by I, Parliament. I can't been, I see. I can't see the British government, uh, the Irish government, uh, the European government, and the Northern Irish government coming to an agreement because they haven't even started that on what uh, actually constitutes the borders between the two different countries. Now, But haven't they? The three, though? Isn't that the agreement that? was just the deal that was just voted on that but no but this is all with? for the withdrawal this is still the withdrawal right this is still step yeah. one there's nothing yep. here about what actually happens for the future this is just to yeah. get us to the point where we can start arguing about the real problem to be solved uh, just to be clear so this is for the withdrawal from the eu but that doesn't fix you what you're saying bruce is that that state between Northern Ireland, Ireland, and the UK would not be it's acceptable not to the EU, you mean, for the future? I, and, and there wouldn't I don't be think trade it's agreements? Sustainable, yeah. Uh, and trade agreements, it's just too, it's too porous, I think, is the, is the word I'm looking for. There, there are too many holes in it. And yes, it sounds good on paper, but uh, I just think in practice, you're going to find so many problems with it. Um, and you're gonna, it's going to end up needing a lot more checks than, than people think. And uh, I go back to the same thing I go back to all the time is that uh, you know, I recently went to Belgium. I was actually there uh, on the supposed Brexit day. And um, you know, I was able to walk through, just wave my passport at a machine and, uh, and walk back into the UK and walk out of the UK, whereas there were huge queues for um, non-EU residents. Now, I, I, I can't, I cannot see a situation where people and people who, who are wanting to get into the UK illegally will not use those, um, those um, more what should we say, restricted uh, not or less restricted ways uh, to to illegally get into the country and do well, it I think much that, more easily. Much more easily. If that happens, then it means the border between, you know, that Irish border, whichever Ireland you want to talk about, might start getting beefed up. I think that's one well, consequence. If anything gets beefed up, it'll be the one in the Irish Sea because that's actually yeah. physically beef upable, right? You... You cannot walk from Northern Ireland to the rest of the United Kingdom. You no. either get wet, which is not realistic. <laughs> it's bloody cold in the Irish Sea. So you have to take a boat or you have to take a plane. So you have to physically be at a port, either an airport or a seaport. So if there's ever going to be enforcement of borders, the only place that is practicable is at the ports and seaports in Northern Ireland. So that's why the Ulster Unionists are so scared of this, because... Well, it seems We're like an unavoidable consequence. Fudge, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So this is a fudge to get us to the point where the UK has actually Brexited. And then a real solution has to be negotiated. This is not a real solution. Mm. And that real solution is going to end up beefing up one of those two borders. And yeah. whichever one it is, is going to cause chaos because either it's going to be completely unacceptable to the nationalist slash Republic of Ireland or to the Unionists slash British. But it doesn't, it just kicks the can down the road, yeah. right? It says, I think, we'll get Brexit done and then we'll figure the... We'll worry much. about Ireland. So, so essentially, okay. the big problem, which was Ireland, is still there. It's just going to be there yeah. in six months, a year. I guess that's what you were getting at, Bruce. Yes, thank you, Bart, for for <laughs> so <laughs> for I'm going to that turn because that that's a, those, those were my frustrations exactly with it. Is it's not it's not a long term solution at all. So there will uh, need to be some kind of a border check that is more beefed up at one of the borders of Northern Ireland, which is exactly yeah. the problem we were talking about. 
yeah um uh, and and just just to go very quickly back on bart's point there uh one of the things he's saying is that one of the borders is going to get beefed up and it's most likely going to be the one between uh northern ireland and the rest of the uk and what that what that's going to do is is give the scottish nationalists a lot more um uh leeway a, a lot more leverage in getting scottish independence because northern ireland are most likely uh not going to want that and they're going to see ireland as a much fr friendlier place you'll probably find the the mood in northern ireland is going to go more towards the uh uh um uh, what are the people who like um the irish you know being part of ireland i don't know that part you mean but you, i think a, a unified ireland unified ireland the republican side and the demographics are that way too right so it, it yeah. the the way the population has been changing over time has been a pretty steady curve the, the unionists have fewer babies than the Republicans, and it is just a matter of time until the current majority inverts, and then you have a situation where the, the majority are in favour of a united Ireland as opposed to being unionist. And that's also preying on the minds of the unionist politicians here, because they know that if they leave this to be a democratic, if they leave this to be a referendum 10 years from now, they're in big, mm. big trouble. Uh, Gareth. I'll go back to you before we talk about the general election. Mm -hmm. That also seems like a plausible consequence down the line, and the issue of it actually, you know, creating a stronger border, that's an issue, right? I mean, if Ireland, Northern Ireland, starts to become more separate from the UK, and then potentially it gives ideas to those pesky Scots, that's an issue for the UK, right? For your country, isn't it? And I, I, by that, I mean, it's a it, is it a concern for you or is it not? It's, it's not a concern for me personally. I mean, I, I think if, if we're in a position where the majority of people who live in Northern Ireland would prefer to be Irish than British, then that seems like a sensible thing to do, surely. Um, now, I know clearly it's not that straightforward, but, um, <laughs> you know, that it's... No, but I mean, what what if, I mean is, what if that happens in Ireland and then in uh, Scotland, and you know, what's the the UK isn't the UK diminished? Isn't that in that sense a concern for you? You know, you've scattered yes, your your if you, yeah. If you look at the the United Kingdom of Great Britain and the Commonwealth as as is or was, we are significantly diminished from where we were two hundred years ago. Anyway, so you know, let's let's. Let's, let's let's keep going down sensible... that that road. Well, I, I, yeah, I don't. Well, I don't necessarily think that we should deliberately go down that road. But if mm. if the sensible conclusion to the will of the people who live in a specific area is that that's what should happen, then mm. why why should it not happen? You know, providing mm. that everything that's, that that remains is a viable country. Do you know if if the Isle of Man said no, we want to be off on our own? You know, sat there in the middle of the Irish Sea. That might be a bit of an issue because I don't necessarily know that you can you can have a country that small. Maybe you can. I, I don't really. You know, you, I don't, you can't you without can, the help of it, someone else, right? Someone has to pr promise your, your. Someone has to guarantee you militarily because you can't do it by yourself. So yeah, that's very very different to to the Scots. Yeah. I mean, certainly Scotland, Ireland, uh, and you know other smaller parts of bigger countries Wales. could for yeah <laughs> could i mean i don't know if wales uh is thinking about <laughs> seceding but um they, they they could have relationships with the eu it, they would survive so i guess in that sense gareth i understand what you're saying it's just that it seems the prestige and 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 strength and the amount that the uk matters in that world is less when maybe that's a, 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 a something I'm assuming an assumption on my part. It seems to me that what the the Brexiters want is a stronger the the reason for the the uh, autonomy and ability to decide more for yourself is that you want the UK to be stronger, and it seems that would lead to a weaker uh, UK, but. You know. Patrick, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a dynamic there, right? Scotland is, where, where Scotland is, the natural trading partners for Scotland are Northern Ireland and Scandinavia. And they will 
you know, Northern Ireland w- is likely to be somehow pseudo linked to the EU because of the Good Friday Agreement. Right. So being not in the UK may be advantageous for Scotland for trading west and for trading east. It's an open and shut case. Of course, it's economically better for Scotland to be able to trade with Scandinavia. Of course. So yeah. there's there's a pull factor there that definitely makes Scottish independence, which only lost by a few percentage points a few years ago. There's a definite pull factor there to to encourage Skexit or whatever we're calling it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but, I think it would be it would be it would be arrogant of the UK as a whole to say actually we want to separate from Europe because we want more control over our own affairs. And to then say to Scotland, oh no, but but you can't have that as well. Right, of course. I guess separatists are are separatists are always uh, in that same logic for everyone, obviously, because it would defeat their point if they said, "Oh, but you can't." Um, yeah, it's the same issue uh, with uh, Catalonia and Corsica and all of those regions that would like um, independence. But okay, I guess. On that strength of the UK issue, we'll have to wait and see a few decades to see what happens. But um, it's partly who's going to determine that, Patrick. The, 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 whatever ends up happening in the second half of this issue mm-hmm. is going to determine how likely Scotland is to leave or how likely Wales is to leave. Because whatever that permanent arrangement is, that's going to to set the set the stage really for Scotland to reevaluate where are we, right? What's better for us? Mm. Uh, this this general election is going to be huge uh, for Scotland and for the for the whole of the UK. Uh, all predictions are that uh, Conservatives are going to get wiped off the map, and it'll be a completely uh, SNP slash Lib Dem who will take maybe one or two seats, a Scottish wow. uh, Scottish representation. That's what that's what it's saying at the moment. There may be one Scottish MP who can get through, but uh, uh, the Scottish people are fed up with the Tories now. Uh, they want out, and the and, mood and is... And just to be clear, the, the, the Tories and are, are the ones that are pro-Brexit, or...? Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, uh, whereas the SNP are completely anti, as as are the, as are the Lib Dems. Uh, so that, so yeah. that's where I was going to go with the general election. It's, it's even more important than everything else we've discussed. Isn't it kind of a, a, a referendum on Brexit, in a sense? Uh, I think in Scotland... It's easier to, to have that distinction, but um, and while they while they are they are saying that in the rest of the UK, I don't think it is, because uh, as Gareth just said there, um, you know that most of the Conservatives are pro Brexit, but not all of them are. Most of the people who vote, um, uh, what's his name, um, Labour are are pro are anti Brexit, but not necessarily all. In fact, um, something that. It would no deal Brexit was in the manifestos of eighty percent. So eighty percent of the vote share voted for parties with who specifically said they wanted no deal. Uh, they didn't want no deal, and um, and the Tories were chasing that and saying there was a, a mandate for it for years. So uh, it can be that a general election can be read in whatever way the parties want, unless unless completely pro-Remain pro parties win, i.e. the Liberal Democrats and um, uh, and the SNP and all that, it's not going to say much. It's not going to say much at all. And there's also the, the, you have to factor in the unlikability at the moment of Jeremy Corbyn, who is the Labour leader. He, he is, for whatever reason, people in in Britain, do not like him and do not want to vote for him as prime minister. Mm. Uh, so, so you know, even if they're pro-Remain, they might not like Corbyn, so they either won't vote or they'll vote for something else. Uh, so, to answer your question, uh, no, I don't think it is a, mm. is a is a pseudo-referendum. I don't think so at all. Can I, can I ask a, a question as an outsider looking in? So, uh, the way I think I see it, and please, please correct me if I've missed this, because I, like I say, I'm not in the, the weeds here at all. Mm-hmm. It's the position of the of the Conservative Party slash the Tory party, i.e. Boris Johnson's party, for those not familiar with the British, I guess, slang for their political parties, their position is really, really clear. Vote for us is a vote for Brexit. But a vote for the Labour Party seems extremely fuzzy to me. I think yep. 
it's a vote for we'll negotiate a deal that we probably may not want and then we'll have a referendum after we negotiate the deal and we'll get it all done in six months yes <laughs> that, that's my understanding as well pretty much yeah, yeah it's very fuzzy and even me as a as a pro remainer i i wouldn't i don't trust them i don't know what they would do uh so, so there's no clear choice for people who because this well, might be seen as like an it. opportunity well, to remain uh for the, to yeah. vote for remain for the people who want to remain that's what a lot yeah. of them have been calling for they want another referendum and they want to undo the one from two years ago it seems like this would be an opportunity for that if one party would say if we get voted in we will do what we can you know no big promises but we'll do what we can to undo the brexit and well we no want the, to the lib dems are promising that right the lib dems yeah. are oh, okay. saying if you vote for us we will withdraw article 50 but the, the thing is, oh. the Lib Dems are the third party, right? They are, I, I mean, their peak was something like 12 MPs or something, if I'm vaguely uh, no, remembering correctly. was more correctly. than that, was 24 or 25. Out of uh, 100? Out of no. 300 and something. 300, geez. So, yeah. Okay, so... So, uh, just, just to add a wrinkle to that while we're on the Lib Dems, they are blamed for all the ills that happened uh, under the last uh, Conservative government because they went into partnership with them. So they're not trusted now. Uh, uh, so even though they are the only pro-Remain party, people will not vote for them because they see austerity, because they see um, the student loan thing that that Nick Clegg went back on. So there's a, you know, they're not not everyone who's Remain is going to vote for them, uh, and that's that is the problem. Okay, what about so Clyde Cymru? Because I've heard they've gone into some sort of pact with the Lib Dems. Is that all uh, noise, or is there value to that? I don't think they're as big as they would like to be. Okay, um, we're we're getting a little see. bit we're getting Sorry, a yeah, bit in yeah. the weeds there, but mm -hmm. I guess the question look again from the outside looking in like kind of like Bart is if there's a majority that gets elected that wants to withdraw article 50. However it happens, that could lead to a cancellation of Brexit, I suppose, right? Instantly. Yes. No, instantly. That's the off switch. You just Parliament votes to withdraw Article 50. It is done. That is it. End of story. It, but all it's, three... Control Z, Command Z, it never <laughs> happened. But all three of you are are say, seem to be saying this is unlikely to happen. Uh... Maybe after a referendum, maybe. Mm. Gareth, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think Possible? I, I just think because... Uh, you know, again, I'm in a position where I'm sat looking at this and thinking, what the, these these people that are elected to represent us just need to get their act in order. Um, oh. If if people want to vote based on the Brexit situation, I, I I think that's a that's a bad idea personally, because what we're voting for is the government that's going to lead the country on everything. So I don't necessarily think you should vote on how they are going to react to Brexit. You, you should be looking at what they are actually going to do to the country. I mean, it seems like Brexit is, gonna, Brexit is going to determine the future of everything in the country as well. I don't think it's completely unreasonable to think this is... Usually I don't like one-issue voters, but on this one, it seems like the most reasonable one-issue vote that you could think of. Don't, don't you think it's that at least the most important issue, Gareth? It's probably the most important issue. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, granted. So, so it's not, yes, it's not completely unreasonable to, to vote mm. based on that, I, I don't suppose. Um, but, you know, when, when we have, you know, we have websites that are, that are telling us how to vote tactically and what we should be doing to, to get the right results in your mm. area, I kind of think that's, that's just wrong. You should be voting for the party or the candidate that is saying they will do the things that you want um, mm. overall, uh, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, and maybe the, maybe the Brexit position is part of your decision making process. Maybe it's eighty percent, maybe it's ninety percent of your decision making process, but it shouldn't be all of it. Fair enough. You know, <laughs> I'm really happy I don't have to cast a vote in that election. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's, because it's very, you're you right; know, it shouldn't be a one issue vote. But how do you how do you mentally wait? Brexit as anything, but I just can't imagine myself thinking it less than 50% of my decision. I, I just, mm. oh, I'm so glad I'm not voting. It, it seems like it's easy for Gareth to, to follow that, uh, that intellectual path 
because the choice for you, Gareth, seems I, I, I mean, I'm presuming what how you will vote, but it, it's like the party and the Brexit issue kind of seem to align. So, of course, for you, it's like, yep, there you go. That's what I'm voting and done. And so for yeah. everyone else, it's a lot more difficult to make the choice. But I oh. very much feel like I mean, I, and I, I will be completely open that that I I've almost always voted conservative. I think I voted Lib Dem a, a couple of elections ago, um, because I was fed up with with the same old, same old. Mm. Um, uh, but I'm sat here now thinking I just I genuinely I don't know. I don't like That's the noises that my local politician is making. Mm. You know, he's been he's been the 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 MP for Stone since God was a lad. Um, you know, essentially, unless something really, really weird happens, he's getting in again. Mm. Um, and I don't think, you know, there are lots of local issues that I don't think he's doing the best thing for, um, for my, my town stone where, where I live. I don't think he's doing the best things for the town as a whole. Um, and I don't necessarily think he's completely representing the voice of the people in his constituency in Parliament. Well, um, it's it better than be... a lot. He's better than a lot, but um, but then there's there's no there's no alternative. Yeah, that, <laughs> what that's about... what I was going to say. It would be interesting if you, Gareth, ended up voting for someone who is for Remain because of all the, of these these other issues uh, that you are actually concerned about uh, even more. Uh, I mean, we're I talking science actually... fiction here, but. Yeah, uh, but that's that's the position that I, I feel I am probably in at the moment. Mm, is I think I I am going to end up voting for somebody who I disagree with on the Brexit front because I agree with oh, more wow. of their principles on everything else, and and that okay. obviously puts me in a very compromising situation. <laughs> really, well, I mean, you've no we'll, good we'll choice, right? Because it's a first past yeah. the post system, so you're really left yeah. in a rock and a hard place. Which is why mm. I'm so happy I'm not voting. I have another question <laughs> from the just, outside looking in. Because... Just before I want to, I want to acknowledge something um, that you know. I just half berated you, Gareth, for for that uh, <laughs> idea that you should vote for against, and you're actually proving that you're uh, walking the walk of the talk you're talking, um, and that's commendable. So uh, I just want to acknowledge that. Uh, Bart, go ahead, and then we'll talk about um, Northern Ireland and how things are going there for the vote, and then we'll, we'll end yeah, the show. Yeah, so with, um, the, the, news, the, the news always keeps mentioning Nigel Farage now because he said, <laughs> you know, his Brexit party is obviously, it seems relevant somehow, a party called the Brexit Party. Yep. How... How relevant is he actually on the ground? Because from the outside looking in, he gets all the headlines. But from the inside looking out, how how relevant is he? I'm sorry, well, Nigel. Who? <laughs> he's he's I, the he's the head of a Brexit party, which actually isn't technically a, a political party. It's a company, and he is not standing for a seat uh, in his constituency. So that should tell you everything you need to know about Nigel Farage, in my opinion. So you don't think he's, his party is going to take all the conservative seats oh, and going to somehow think, end up in charge? I think, I think, I think they're going to be big players. Um, uh, so yeah, I think they are, but, um, and Nigel and Boris Johnson is courting Nigel Farage as we speak. He's he's sort of saying, "Oh well, you know," because uh, Nigel Farage doesn't want a transition period. He d he wants to go straight into No Deal Brexit. Uh, he wants no dealings with the EU whatsoever, uh, because I suspect he has taxes offshore that he doesn't want to come under the new EU regulations. But um, but that's just me being cynical. That's like in the business community can't be in favor of that level of suicide brexit um i think there are disaster capitalists uh at the center of this who are profiting from it and will short profit. selling yeah short selling and i think there's also uh there's also issues there's the new eu eu law coming in that restricts and monitors uh offshore uh tax uh avoidance basically so um you know that there are there are issues here with the rich and famous or, or who are who are going to get caught out uh, if if we stay in the eu so there's there's a there's a big incentive for them to fund uh newspapers and politicians to 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 have especially a no deal brexit a no deal brexit will be perfect for them they'll make billions out of it mm. um, that, that 
It's, I, I, I'm not going to lie, Bruce. That sounds a little bit conspiracy theorist, <laughs> but uh, sure. If you, it doesn't sound mm. doesn't sound beyond the pale, though, does it? That's the that's the no. That, it thing. doesn't. <laughs> it, it's uh, from what I've seen, and I'm not conspiracy theorist. That's what every conspiracy theorist says. Um, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what that's what it looks like to me. Um, okay. I'll just add in one more thing, and and I keep bleating on about this. I think it's tomorrow. There's a court hearing. Um, into the the Leave EU and the the funding that went into the Leave campaign. It's still going back to that, uh, where they might officially find uh, that the the referendum was outright illegal and that the triggering of Article 50 might be legally revoked. I think it's a very, very small mm. chance. Yeah, but it I is was something say. that's going through the. <laughs> it is something that's going through the courts at the moment. All right. So, so yeah. Um, Bart, uh, how are <laughs> things going for this election in Northern Ireland? Well, there, there's a bizarre situation up north that they don't have that many MPs. But if this ends up being a hung parliament, then you don't necessarily need massive amounts of extra MPs to get you over that magic 50 percent. And so you have the situation where in Northern Ireland, the Republican Party, Sinn Féin, they run in the election, but they do not take their seats in Westminster. So every seat they win is effectively a seat in parliament that vanishes into the ether. And so in the last election, a lot of the seats went to the Ulster Unionists who propped up Boris Johnson's government. Like he literally, he needed them for his majority as did Theresa May. And they're now not on side anymore because they're against this fudgy deal with Northern Ireland being, you know, Schrodinger's country or whatever. And so if you're pro-Brexit in the North, or if you're anti-Brexit in the North, it's really, really, really unclear what you do, because the Unionists now don't know whether they're coming or going on the issue. The Republicans know what they want, but they won't take their seats in Parliament, so voting for them doesn't really vote pro-Brexit either. So you mean they, they don't take their seats in Parliament as, like, a protest? They just don't go there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. So there's literally, they refuse to swear an oath of loyalty to Queen Elizabeth, because just take your seat in Parliament, you swear loyalty to the right. Queen by name. Mm -hmm. And so they refuse to swear to their loyalty to Her Majesty. So therefore, they are never seated. So the seat is theirs in terms that they won it. But physically in Parliament, they will never vote because they never take right. the oath and they are not seated. Mm. So it, it's, yeah. it, like, it's absolutely bizarre. So I have no idea how someone up north is supposed to vote. Like, and this is where I think we need, we need more independent MPs who are prepared to um, to align their opinion with the people in their constituency. Yeah. It's really difficult, though. Is that really a solution? Because then, you know, I understand the value of multi-partyism. When you look at the US, I think a lot of people think, well, that doesn't work with two parties trusting everything. It's, it just it doesn't work. But more independence, you have a number of parties that defend a number of different views it seems like there should be, you know, one that aligns enough with your views and that has the structure and the infrastructure to actually matter and for you to understand what they stand for. Because independents are, uh, you know, if, if all of these parties are there and you still need independents, like, what does the independent stand for? Maybe you know a couple of issues that they stand for, but then all of the other ones, you're not never certain. Uh, unless you, you, I guess you can, I don't know, <laughs> read through but their you're programs. More certain, that, that's the... No, you're more certain, because what they say is what they actually mean. The problem you have with the party system is it doesn't actually matter what your local MP says he believes in, because the party mm. whip will force him to vote the party way, regardless of how he feels about it. He may choose once or twice in a career to effectively get ejected from the party like 20 conservatives did a while ago, or, you know, a few weeks ago. But that's really, yeah, but really I, rare. But I think there's value in a party line. Um, it's, well, it's, it's not it's, in a, a first-past-the-post system. You end up with a place where only 37% of British people voted for the Conservatives, but they had a majority of seats in Parliament when you include the Ulster Unionists. So with the first-past-the-post system and the party system, the actual opinions of your local MPs become really irrelevant unless they're independent. And that's not comfortable mm -hmm. as a voter. Mm-hmm. 
No, uh, and you end up, you know, for for example, my my local MP could have could have a session, could sit down, the entire town could turn up, we could have a vote on how we as a town want something to happen. It could be a hundred percent in favour of something. He goes to Parliament, and the whip says, "Nah, sorry, mate." Yeah. And he well, can't vote I for mean, the people. In 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 the case of something that is very local, that's the problem. Well, we're we're gonna start remaking the world now, so we're gonna we're gonna stop talking very soon. But that's the problem with representative uh, entities. You cannot please everyone because if you try to please everyone in every instance, then you get chaos and nothing gets done. You can't pull resources together and and accomplish big things. You but you Patrick, are then limited by the resources of your local uh, community, and that's great when you want something specific to be done. But when you want more ambitious things to get done, then it doesn't work because no one agrees. But, but there are ways of measuring the effectiveness of a representative democracy. How right? Different representative democracies have different mechanisms for for capturing that consensus, so you can mm. make decisions. And you can measure the effectiveness by looking at how the vote translates to the parliament. And one of the single worst systems for getting a representative parliament is first past the post, because first past the post inevitably drives the system to a two party system, which means mm -hmm. you end up with no real choice. And any vote for anyone else is effectively a spoiler. So it's effectively a vote against your interest. The only way to have a representative democracy where the, the seats in parliament reflect the views of the country is with any sort of rank voting of any kind, but it can't be first past the post. That is guaranteed to have an unrepresentative parliament. It, you can measure it. You can measure the difference between the parliament seats and the first preference vote. Sure. And first past the post is terrible. I will agree that ranking <laughs> uh, uh, votes is, is something that we need to explore more and there have been a lot of grumblings in, I think, at least in France, I don't know about um, other countries, but it's been discussed many, many times, and I think it's an idea that's gaining popularity. So. Patrick, I, I, I beg you to give me an hour of your time and do a special someday. I am so fascinated by voting systems and their effect. It's <laughs> oh. such a pet project of mine. <laughs> uh, I, I think that would actually be a very interesting one, so um, maybe we'll get that done. Isn't Germany representative? I mean, I think I, I, I think they have a, um, a a system that is similar to ours for electing their um, governments, their, their representatives. They do, I don't think they have a ranking uh, voting oh, right. system. Okay. But um, we'll get we'll get to discuss that at some point, Bart. Um, hopefully, in twenty twenty, we'll do a special on voting systems. Uh, that would <laughs> be super interesting. All right, uh, we're going to bring this show to a close. Any uh, concluding thoughts from any of you? We'll be back, uh, in, you know, probably next month after the general election to continue that incredible saga. But uh, before I have happen. a question for our two U United Kingdom representatives. <laughs> Mm -hmm. How likely do you think it is that the parliament will be able to elect a prime minister after this general election? <laughs> uh, uh, not likely at all. Um, and oh, by the way, uh, uh, Patrick, just to pull a Scott Johnson, but I called it. I said we wouldn't leave on the 31st and we didn't. Just well, remember, I, mean, I called that. To, to be fair, I think most people would expect would have expected that. No. It's not. Yeah, oh, you were it. the only one. Okay. How did my coin flip go? I remember I flicked a coin to figure out whether know. I thought you'd leave or stay, but I don't remember how the coin landed. Wait, let me yeah, flip and a coin. And I'm to... not, su not surprised to find that I was wrong, but you know, <laughs> it's happened before and, I, and I'm sure it'll oh, happen no. another, you know, two or three times in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, to answer your question, but I, 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 I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think anyone's going to have a majority, uh, uh, and and having two, having a, a a majority on any issue is just no. I think we're probably going to rumble into the new year with this. Yeah, that's my answer. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I think I think I, I don't necessarily know whether we can be in a position for for too long where we don't have. Um, you know, a proper sitting parliament, although... Well, the Belgians have been out of 11 months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's been known to happen in some countries, so... 
On the Scottish side, I've said it already, I think the Conservatives are going to get completely wiped out and Scotland is going to call a second referendum, independence referendum. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. I just yep. hope if they did that, that they, they wait until this this situation, I nearly said mess, this situation <laughs> is cleared up first before, before throwing another... Uh, another spanner into the works as it were i think i think it's the situation being the way it is that's going to drive it more than anything so so do you think it's possible that there will be a referendum for the for scotland to leave before the uk uh, decides on brexit uh yes I oh think wow so. So we yep. might be a teaser for episode four. Um, we might be in a situation where Scotland votes to leave the UK before the UK leaves yeah. the EU. But I, ironically, which, the net effect would be that then the UK was more pro-leave because yeah. the majority of Scotland was, was to remain. Right, yeah. So if you if you remove Scotland from the equation, that would that would make the percentage of <laughs> what if, what if, what if the, the referendum in Scotland is if the UK leaves, then we leave the UK. Uh, that that won't be a question. <laughs> you don't think so? Because then No, it, no, the question will be will Scotland be a, should Scotland be an independent country? And mm. the vote the result of that will be yes. I'm I'm calling that now. But uh, I think the Scots will clarify the Brexit issue very clearly because really, they they want to stay in the EU. Yeah. So if they leave, then if they leave before Brexit happens, it's really straightforward. We just stay. Whereas yeah. rejoining later is way more difficult. And once the Scots have Brexited, then the Welsh and the English were in favour of Brexit anyway. So right, right. It does get a bit easier makes, leaving Northern yeah. Ireland. As, as long as I'm still allowed to come and walk up some mountains, I guess, as long as I can do that, uh, then, well, then bring, that's Bring your okay. passport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's... Oh, yeah, go ahead. And then... Uh, just, just to... Just to what what uh, Bart was saying, that there are 50-something um, SNP uh, Scottish MPs. So if they disappear from the British... Um, from the Westminster Parliament, there will definitely be a a very pro-Brexit uh, UK mm. government. That's, so, yeah. Um, but that's why I was saying, if Scotland Scotland wants to say in the EU, so if they say, if the UK Brexits, then we leave the UK, but if the UK doesn't Brexit, then we stay in the UK, that might push things the other way. That might get pe some people to say, well, uh -huh. you know, if the UK falls apart, maybe it's not worth it anymore. Not everyone, of course, but I don't know. We'll you know, Patrick, Patrick we vote. We, sorry, uh, just a button. That we, in the last independence referendum, we were told, if you vote for for us to the Better Together campaign to stay in the UK, you won't be leaving the EU. So I don't think that'll be linked ever again because the lies, mm. the lies that were told then are still haunting people. Yeah, again. I mean it wasn't lies. It was just following no, logic. But, they didn't realize logic would be thrown out the window. Um, but that's what it's seen. Right. You know, so. Like David Cameron did his best to court the Scots, to, to, to make the Scots feel part of the UK. Boris Johnson doesn't give a flying bleep about the Scots and they know it. He was down the road from us about uh, four or five days ago, literally. And we didn't hear about it until after he left. He did not want any locals knowing he was around. It was a photo op. He was in and out within seconds. Well, minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, surely go. Scotland doesn't equate the UK with Boris Johnson. He, he of course they do. Mm. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we okay. love you guys. <laughs> Hundreds of years of history, Patrick. The, mm. the, the British yeah. Parliament has, if you excuse the phrase, screwed over the Scots for centuries. Like, the Irish have a memory of 800 years of oppression. Right? <laughs> It is still talked about 800 years. 800 okay. years. There is exactly that same history that has not been forgotten in the Highlands. Mm. The Scottish have a very long memory. Uh, well, <laughs> and, and, and the, the really interesting thing there now is that there's an alternative. There wasn't before, yeah. but now you can join the EU and you're fine. You have, as you meant, someone mentioned earlier, I guess it was Bart, if, even if you're a smaller uh, nation or a state, you can rely on a bigger structure Uh, and so you don't have to worry about being too isolated. So now it's yeah. doable.
Sorry, you keep trying to end the show, so I'll let you go. Yes, well, that is it. Now that's it. Thank you very much for being on. It was uh, enjoyable and enlightening as always. Before we leave, Bart, where can people find your work? Very easy, bartb.ie, where you'll find links to all the various podcasts and whatnots that I get up to. Wonderful. Bruce, what about you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter. It's Bruce W3. And I am going to start streaming soon. uh, Destiny 2 and um, Hearthstone Battlegrounds, which I love. Exciting. Um, So maybe next time I'm on, I'll I'll share the link. But yeah. Wonderful. Gareth. Uh, And I uh, do do Twitter. So at Gareth Westwood. Um, Yeah. And don't don't post massive amounts on there, but, uh, but, but loiter with intent often. Perfect. Uh, The links to the Twitter accounts will be in the show notes as always. If you enjoy the show, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash the Phileas Club is the place to go. You will find the link in the show notes. It is easy and quick and uh, it allows the show to exist. So thank you very much for those who already do support it. And thanks to those who will think about doing it after hearing this message. My name is Patrick Beja. I'm not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to comment on this episode, you can do so at frenchspin.com. We will talk to you in a few weeks. Bye.